Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Just got out of a three-hour movie and didn't check my phone the entire time. And I just popped it open. Zero notifications. Someone DM me. I'm a popper. You're a popper to me. Hey, fun fans, it's We Enjoy. Going to talk about Blue Thunder this week on the main event. We are the Mattitude Eric. I am Matt Fowler. Say hello, Eric. I can't see you. Goldman, where'd you go, hello, Eric? Well, now it's like you're on the same level as everyone listening to the podcast. They can't see me, so it all works out. I'm just listening to an Eric Goldman podcast right now, mm. just like everyone, and I'm better for it. Uh, Eric, let everyone know why your video is off, because it's sexy time <laughs> in the Goldman household. Uh, video off, and I'm I'm sure my sound is weird because I'm not using my mic. I'm just using earbuds. Uh, so when last we recorded, I was not feeling. I think we mentioned I wasn't feeling great. Uh, but turned out I had COVID. Uh, it was it took days after Comic Con. Uh, because God, we recorded like Thursday or Friday. I got I come home Sunday. I felt a little sick. You can't come out of Comic Con not feeling a little sick. That's just how it goes. Um, but I did, you know, these days you always have to wonder, okay, I should test myself for COVID, which I started doing. And then some people from IGN, they tweeted about it so I could talk about it. Some people from IGN tweeted that they had COVID from Comic-Con. And then I was like, oh shit, I was around them. Not a lot, but enough. Uh, and then I felt sicker and sicker all week. And then it took six days, is the crazy thing. But on Saturday, uh, I tested positive, uh, finally for COVID and felt shittier. Um, <laughs> so, uh, then I was like, okay, I have COVID. That sucks. Can't go anywhere. Um, didn't feel horrible, but, you know, felt sick. And then on Sunday, I managed to really badly throw up my back, uh, which is a terrible thing no matter what. But because I had COVID, an extra terrible thing, because now I was, like, sick and my back, uh, I could, like, you know, barely move at first and felt terrible. And I couldn't go see anyone about it because I have COVID. <laughs> so, so you're uh, like just I, getting your cats to come and make biscuits on your back like give me rubs pretty much so i've been a big mess um but that uh, sucks and it'll be fine <laughs> eric eric has joined the coveted double covid club that's uh, right yes and also um yeah i feel bad i'm i hope you're on the men now and we were talking about the potential for podcasting this week because not just because of the covid uh, and you feel cruddy but because of your back 
And longtime listeners of the podcast will know that Eric has chronic back issues. Thanks to one Steve Milan in middle school in New York City. <laughs> yes. and, and you said, well, maybe we'll do it uh, from the bed, from mm. the boudoir. And so that's where Eric is. We did a, so now we've done a podcast from a car and a podcast from a bed. But the point is, Eric won't allow me to see him in the bed. Eric I, won't I won't. But it's funny, Matt, because I was about to joke, we haven't done a podcast in a bed together. But I actually don't think that's technically true because I think we did at least one um from like sitting on a bed together. I feel like I have this memory. Sitting on a bed? Yeah, like a WrestleMania or a Comic-Con of just recording in a hotel. Was it like was it like after the Dallas Comic-Con in a hotel room with like April asleep in the corner? (laughs) Something like like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so I do think that you that Matt and I have recorded a podcast in a bed together. This one, this one is separate. This one, only one of us is in a bed. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get through the Blue Thunder, and then we're going to wrap up our 1983 uh, run with that movie, and then we're going to go into a franchise. Everybody, a franchise. We'll let you know what that is toward the end of the episode. Mm. We are actually doubling up right now, and I say this only to warn you because. Right before this, we recorded a Secret Invasion breakout, which I will release first. So that will be available to you first. Then I'll release this a day later or two days later. See how it goes. And uh, for all of those uh, listeners out there who actually do make it to the end of the podcast, you will know that my brain gets fried and my word maker stops working correctly. And I get a a little uh, more tongue-tied than usual. And so hopefully that won't now happen in the middle of this podcast. Let's see if I can still keep it toward the end, like the last 10 minutes when I kind of (laughs) burn out and fade away at at the same time. All right. It's all good. It's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. (laughs) They're all good dogs, Brent. Okay. Mm. So we're doing uh, Blue Thunder, but first we've got some news here. Um, It's funny because I sometimes in my notes, I have like lingering things I want to talk about, not even personal minutiae stuff. But like, I just have here, I think this was like two weeks ago, I wrote, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is killing it uh, like <laughs> yes. as a talking point. Uh, but yeah, it is. It's great. Uh, it is. I, I was going to suggest, Matt, I'll suggest it right now. Maybe, maybe I'm not going to promise. Maybe we'll do a breakout episode about the season because what a good season of TV. We're going to break. We're going to bust in on Transporter Room 3's territory. Yes, we are. <laughs> we're going to be the definitive Star Trek podcast for people who kind of <laughs> sort of know I, things about who, stuff. <laughs> who've like heard of Spock and Bones, but that's it. Yeah, right. like that's, <laughs> so if you're the casualist of Trek fans, come join ours. Phasers <laughs> to fun. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, uh, that's what I wrote. It has been, especially because it's had some really fun, silly episodes. And then last week it is with a very dramatic, cool episode. Like the tonality yep. is on point where they're but able guess to what? Do... The sillies are back this week. Oh, the sillies are back. <laughs> is this the musical this yeah. week? Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then uh, sad news, going from silly to sad here. Mm. Um, Paul Rubens, someone very important to both Eric and my childhood. Paul Rubens a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, has passed away after, uh, I guess, a couple years battle with cancer that he... I think they said six or seven years, right? Wow, that's a long... Yeah. yeah. Does that mean that he had it when he was making... What was the actual Netflix Pee Wee movie he was making? Uh, Probably, it probably sounds like it might have been right after that. uh, Pee Wee's big... uh, Holiday? Holiday? Holiday Mm -hmm. with uh, Joe Magneto Gelato? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so yeah, and he just never went public with it, you know, obviously close personal friends and loved ones knew, but uh, it just wasn't anything that we knew that was going on with him, kept it private, and he has passed on, and 
uh, you know, a lot of long, younger listeners, I, I don't think, I think you really just had to be in that zone of like 84 to like, I don't know, the mid eighties, really. Uh, by 91, he was embroiled in scandal, but like uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse and Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Through the late 80s. Yeah, yeah, Pee-wee's Playhouse, the TV show, and which is a, you would think is just for very little kids, but we were watching it in middle school, you know, or at least sixth grade. And Pee-wee's Big Adventure, uh, which stands the test of time, still holds up today as far as like being a, uh, just a unique comic force of a movie like there's really nothing like it it's really hard to describe and paul rubens in general is just a very funny individual who's known for this persona primarily but also would show up here and there on tv or uh like things like 30 rock or um i can't see my word maker's already failing me i'm trying to think of the vampire show that um, what we do in the shadows what we do in the shadows. which was a riff on his buffy the vampire slayer which well he even used the wig from that movie right Mm -hmm. Okay, but yeah, he's just been around forever. Mystery Men, uh, a lot of stuff. But anyway, those things in particular, and then just his overall presence. As far as like people who are pop culture ever-present, omnipresent in the 80s, like a Mr. T or a Max Headroom or a Hulk Hogan. Or, or his who would sh- very good friend, uh, Elvira, Cassandra Peterson. Yeah, um, someone else they- known for their longtime persona. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it, just people who just would be at things like MTV award shows or show, you know, uh, they were just everywhere. I don't think he, did he have an animated series? Um, not of his own. He, he did animated voices. He was Batmite on several episodes of Beware right. the Bat, uh, Batman, the Brave and the Bold. Sorry. Um, and he did, you know, did other guest roles, uh, on, I think he was on Tron Uprising actually. Cause when you were in, uh, big in the eighties, you were everywhere. Like Freddy Krueger even became like a hero and had a one nine hundred number. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah you put out albums, you guessed it on rap singles, like <laughs> just were everywhere. Um, but you know, the thing is, of course he, he, you know, he returned to the Wee role in the past decade and to like, you know, uh, he, he did his stage show again. Yeah. He, he did a stage show, which I'm so sad. I missed. I remember I had an invite as press couldn't go for some reason. Um, and then he did the new Netflix movie, and it was very much like you know, with welcome with open arms, uh, because generationally, yeah, people, it's like he was such like all those people he mentioned. Also mentioned Weird Al, who I know isn't playing a character the same way, but it's like these like larger than life, like fun people that we grew up with. That they just like they've been there forever, and Pee Wee Herman was one of them. And so when he returned to the role of Pee Wee while having done other roles where he was always really funny. Like, I mean, he is so funny in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, uh, which is not a great movie, but he's like one of the best parts of it. Which we, um, we'll talk about very briefly in Blue Thunder later, but yeah. Yes, but when he returned to the role of Pee-wee, it was just kind of a great thing to see that again, that, you know, he still could so effortlessly play that role and, you know, just just it fit like a glove. You know, I, I remember quite enjoying uh, the Netflix movie, uh, which, you know, was definitely obviously doing a lot of the the things of Big Adventure. It was a road trip movie again, yet also putting him in some very funny new situations and just showing that this character still was incredibly funny. So just to be someone who created a character that's that beloved and iconic is amazing. On top of that, he was just a very funny comic performer who could, yeah, be great on 30 Rock. Uh, so yeah, just just really an amazing presence. Obviously, everyone should pour one out. I don't know, what would you pour out? A foot long or something for Pee-wee? The Mr. And, T cereal. Yeah, pour out Mr. T cereal onto Mr. Breakfast uh, and watch <laughs> Pee-wee's Big Adventure. 
uh, catch episodes of Pee Wee's Playhouse. But also, would this be on Max, you think? It was an HBO thing originally. The stage show I used to love, the original well, stage I've show. I've never seen that. Oh, you to should watch. totally yeah. see it because uh, Phil Hartman's cap- uh, Sea Captain. Yep. Um, so good. So for those who don't know, uh, uh, Paul Rubens came up through the Groundlings and uh, one of his uh, co collaborators longtime collaborators was phil hartman who helped him actually develop the peewee character together they co-wrote the movie big event co-wrote the movie with him and another groundling and then also uh co-wrote the stage show which phil hartman also starred in and basically created the stage show after paul rubens uh, auditioned for snl and didn't get on obviously mm-hmm. phil hartman would eventually but um this stage show was sort of like where they poured their creative energies after that uh, but yeah, if it's on Max, you should check it out because it used to be on HBO, just regular, like they would just air it uh, on and off over the years because it was made for HBO or yep. made and then aired by HBO. So, all right. Um, and then let's talk about um, some news just that just broke today, reg- uh, just a few hours ago, actually, regarding Scream 7. Eric, uh, do you know why, before you mentioned who the new director is, do you know why Radio Silence is out? Do we know? No, um, I. It's so funny. I, I, I was going to tweet uh, this week. I was thinking about the why haven't they announced Scream Seven? They announced Six like two weeks after Five opened and was such a hit. Six was a bigger hit, so it felt strange that they hadn't announced it. And I guess it was probably just this whole like them not coming back thing. Um, it does mostly, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of the talk is just basically it was that. It is ironic with the strike and everything, how things are going to all take forever now, but it sounds like it might have just been like them not wanting to make it their next movie and Paramount wanting to move forward. So they're making that movie like a universal monster thing movie. Melissa Brera is in that movie, Um, but it sounds like basically it's like, well, we're not going to really wait on another Scream movie. So they're going to just move forward. And when they did press for Scream 6, they were very like, hey, we want to see this series continue with or without us. So I kind of think they kind of knew they probably weren't going to do it at that point. Um, That's weird because, I don't know, we're so ingrained and so used to trilogies at this point and like, come back for the third one, round it out with something, especially because the first uh, three screen movies were supposed to tell this trilogy style story with the rules of the trilogy. Yeah. So we kind of feel like that from them, especially because they were so successful with this passing of the torch and they 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 get the formula they get the movies and so we're we're always going to be wary of anyone new coming in and they they were someone new who came in and worked yeah um and but they, as far as replacements go they did a pretty good job um i don't know this guy is a little too handsome to be directing horror movies if you ask me <laughs> uh mr christopher landon son of the also extremely handsome michael landon star of uh I was going to say Last House on the Prairie. <laughs> Little House on the Prairie. Last House on the Left. Um, that would be a great one. A combination of Little House and Last House on the Left. Uh, Christopher Landon, who uh, uh, wrote, I think, like four or five Paranormal Activity movies, but yep. did uh, Happy uh, Death Day, Happy Death Day to You, and Freaky of his mm-hmm. more notable recent entries. Eric, is this one we finally get? Jessica Roth in the Scream franchise. I how could it not be? How can it not be? That would you'll be, be so <laughs> angry if it didn't happen. If like it's all there. It's all Jessica there. Roth, who I mean, I can't believe Jessica Roth isn't a bigger star. It it seems insane. She's so talented and so pops in those movies. It's really crazy that she hasn't done bigger stuff. 
Um, but if he doesn't put her in a scream movie, come on. I mean, again, it did take Radio Silence to their second screen, although it was scheduling. They wanted Samara Weaving in the first in five. That didn't work out. They put her in six. Uh, but hopefully everything aligns for Jessica Roth to be in Scream 7. So I am sad that Radio Silence isn't coming back because I thought they did a great job with five and six. And obviously, you know, they were so well received. Um, but as far as like getting someone else that, you know, feels like a completely the right type of person as far as the horror comedy uh, blend, uh, you know, this is a pretty great choice. Uh, so it's a it's a that's too bad. But oh, cool. Uh, kind of mixture news. Uh, I'm looking it. at her projects in general, and she also just needs to work more anyway. So, like, no, that's what I'm that's saying. the thing. It's like she's a, I don't know, but it's like, are people not casting her, or is she choosing not to do things? We'll never know. But like, she should be in more things for sure. I don't know. It's just so weird because um, she has a movie coming out. Uh, it's that one that Sam Raimi produced, Boy Kills World. Mm-hmm. Um, with and uh, she- with uh, Bill Skarsgård, yeah. And she replaced Tamara Weaving in it, actually. So it's just funny because. Uh, I love Samara Weaving, but even there, Jessica Roth, going on Jessica Roth was not the first choice for that movie. And I'm like, it just seems like Jessica Roth should be the first choice for some movies. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Roth or We Riot is what we're saying. Um, <laughs> and then, and we'll, we're only a, we're a couple days away, a couple days away of finding out if this is all true. Uh, basically, I think it's supposed to happen Friday that the Writers Guild is especially is, is supposed to enter back into talks with the AMPTP. Well, they're um, going to enter they're going to have talks about entering back into talks. Oh, no, that's even <laughs> worse. This is all terrible. This is stupid. I, I mean the 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 thing is is that because, you know, the writers have been on strike now for months. Yeah. And there the whole thing is that the AMPTP has never even been like let's talk again. And now the actors are striking and a lot of people thought the actors would even though they they're the more recent strike, they'd get negotiations again first. So it's the one hope here is that, well, and the hope is that anything's happening at all and that they are starting with the writers who it seemed like they were just going to keep dismissing. Uh, but who the fuck knows? Well, they, they need they the can... writers before they need the actors. So <laughs> <laughs> they need them to write well, the thing. And they, then they, didn't the to, they didn't seem to think that. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's just, you know, as this thing is going on longer and longer, and you've got these big stars who are either on the picket line or now there was that report about all those big stars that gave like a million dollars each to like the fund for people that are like not working right now. Uh, obviously, this is Which all is a, a terrible name for a fund, but they should workshop that <laughs> as writers is what I'm saying. But yeah, uh, it's just yeah, it just feels like, uh, you know, they can they can posture all they want the studios about, oh, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine, but they're not going to keep being fine uh so who knows it's been you know because we're the crazy thing is we're about to hit the same amount of days as the writer's strike of 2007 2008 and um the longest strike ever i think was 88 one but that's not that much longer and a lot of people have been feeling i mean the the feeling has been that this thing is nowhere near the end no i told you we talked about that i feel like this is gonna go on forever the forever strike like the forever purge (laughs) i don't think forever but i did feel like this could go to the end of the year and so the fact this is happening at all is a sliver, tiny sliver of hope. It could mean nothing. People have pointed out that the negotiations in the last strike. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Picked back up much earlier, but then the strike kept going because they still didn't get anywhere. You know, they, they started negotiating again and then it was still like, you know, oh, the same bullshit. So who the hell knows? But yeah, uh, we'll we'll see if anything comes of this. Uh, and meanwhile, uh, Stephen Amell is not making a lot of uh, great contacts for the future. He's just it. being a heel, Eric. He's being a heel. He's just being a heel. And that's his only way he knows to promote his show heels. Um, he can't promote it otherwise, even though he was at a Comic-Con or whatever. But yeah. Uh, by the uh, way, uh, the PB Herman Show 1981 special is currently on Max. I just, yes, you know, I might just fall asleep to that tonight. Yeah, you know I might saying? try to watch. Some, I have my own sexy time. Yeah, All right, uh, let's get to some write-ins. Uh, uh, Sam writes in, uh, "Hey, Joy Boys, I've been enjoying the recent '83 run. It's a great excuse to catch up with old stuff I should have seen years ago. I was wondering if you guys uh, have any thoughts on doing a director-themed series of main events. Yeah, uh, we do." Uh, we just don't know when and or who, <laughs> but that is not off the table. It's something. It's one of the reasons why we didn't do pick any Cronenbergs, right? For the yep. rerun. And and, and Matt, I didn't t- even talk to you about this, but Matt had written as maybe possibly. What if we did PB's Big Adventure next week as a one-off? But that, I, that would that would ruin our Burton run. Yeah. But I want to do a Burton run. Yeah, and that's that's what I meant to tell you. <laughs> Yeah. A Burton run that wouldn't include the Batman movies because you that would be for a Batman run. So. Oh man! But then we do a Burton Batman, and then we branch <laughs> out, and then it's like the branching Nexus event, and it's the bowl of spaghetti from the Flash, and we're like, oh. it's a mess. Uh, then Sam continues, "Are you going to be doing a Secret Invasion breakout episode?" I was incredibly yeah. underwhelmed by watching it and excited. Matt loves it. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Go listen to it. Listen to me rant and rave about it. Mostly rant. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yes, we did one. It's up already. So go listen to but, that. But we, I am. A, it's my fault that it's several days later than it would have been. Uh, yeah. My fault for being sick and broken. You stupid, <laughs> sick and broken person. By the way, also, we assume you came home from Comic-Con feeling the crud, right? Yeah, yeah. We assume because others came home with the COVID. Yeah. But that was the COVID. We don't, we'll never know where we get Oh, we, we, we don't know for what, sure. Of the time, not. like when I got COVID- Look, I, again, I, I was cool before it was cool to be cool. I got COVID pre-vaccine, which is to, and I have strong, uh, a strong idea of how I got it, but mm. I can't be sure. It could have mm. been something else. You never know. Uh, Sam just wants to, he's excited at the possibility of both of us making fun of Seeking Invasion. Sam, go listen to that right now. Okay. <laughs> Richard writes in, I don't know when the heck Eric recommended it, but my wife and I watched Joyride last night and loved it. Thank you. So, I recommended it a few weeks ago. Uh, what, what's the name? I'm sorry. What was the name of the person? Richard. Richard. Uh, no, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. A uh, great, really funny movie that completely bombed in theaters. Uh, but, you know, people will discover it as time goes on. Uh, so I'm glad. I'm definitely glad you checked well, it out. Richard and his wife did. Yep. Uh, Daniel writes in, I watched The Outsiders, the two hour version. Um, so, okay. So the recut. So the recut is 30 more minutes, Eric. Yeah. That's crazy. I think, I think his original cut was even longer, um, like the one that they nixed back when he tried to release it. And then he did the recut like about 15 years ago. Um, so Dan Gary writes, at the end, his teacher tells him he's failing, but if, that if he writes a good paper, he will give him a, him a passing C grade. Mm. And so he writes a paper about his life. And that's the paper that he writes at the beginning of the film. And that scene was cut from what we watched. But yeah, um, 
that would have let us know what was going on with that. Like right, exactly. right. a lot of, I feel like a lot of those scenes, I'm not in any rush to watch 30 more minutes of outsiders, but I did mm-hmm. feel when watching it, there was more one day. If the next time I visit that movie, I'll watch the longer version. Yeah. Yeah. If we can find it or where we can find it, who knows? Okay. It's on physical media, Matt. No, um, <laughs> terrible. Okay. Blue thunder, but let's talk about our next franchise that we're doing. We are going to do the Exorcist franchise, which is probably more movies than you guys remember there being. Well, they made one of them twice. This is the big big trick. (laughs) So we've got uh, The Exorcist, which is the first movie we're doing next week, which you can rent or buy. It is not currently... Uh, it's just so stupid. It's just just, just so weird to me when a movie is that famous. Again, we're not owed anything. It's just weird to me that like Warner Brothers wouldn't have it on Max, but what do I know? You don't know anything. I don't know anything. And that'll be followed by Exorcist 2, The Heretic, Exorcist 3. And then there's like the aughts Exorcist movies, uh, which get into prequel territory. There's an Exorcist TV show, which we'll do an episode of. uh, All leading up to the new David Gordon Green Exorcist movie that's coming out. I'm Uh, a believer. uh, This isn't going to like lead up to it directly. Maybe a few weeks short. Is it? I can't remember. How many movies of We'll There'll see. be a few weeks between. We have to have a discussion about the fourth movie too, how we want to handle it. Which one is that one? Okay, I'll just say is, we can. Is that the one with? Your... Is that the one with Stellar Skateboard? That the the fourth movie is the one they filmed twice. Stellan Skarsgård stars in two different versions from two different directors that they completely reshot. Completely, I've never seen the one that wasn't released theatrically. So I'm like, should we do it as one episode? I didn't uh, even know. You know, that was when I was managing the, the movie theater. And mm-hmm. that's when that movie came out. I didn't know there was another version of it. Oh, yeah. So the movie, the version of theaters was directed by Rennie Harlan. The version they didn't release was Paul Schrader, but they put it out on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, so both are legally available. Um, but yeah. What if it's... you watch one and I watch the <laughs> other? And we just have a completely confusing conversation about the film. Well, all we know, Stella Skarsgård is definitely in this movie. Yes. All right, so let's talk Blue Thunder, uh, a movie that I mentioned last time I had seen. And by that, I guess I mean we had rented it. This was elementary school for me. Mm -hmm. And we had rented it. And this would have been with my friend who lived in my building named Jake Campbell. And his father, uh, Ken Campbell, is actually an actor who's been in a few movies and bit parts and so on. And I think the dad rented this movie. It wasn't like us renting it, but he he was like, you guys will like it. And then it was on in the background while we probably didn't pay attention to it. I think he <laughs> was watching it because there's so much of this movie that I had. It was almost like I was watching this for the fucking first time, I think. because oh, I mean, 100% for me too. Because I know uh, technically I've seen mm-hmm. it or mm-hmm. it was on in the room I was in, but... I didn't realize this wasn't like a Top Gun style movie. I didn't realize it was like a weird conspiracy movie that just takes place all over Los Angeles. Yep. I didn't know that Blue Thunder Cop movie. I didn't know that Blue Thunder's a bad machine. I didn't yeah. know it's like a bad thing, like a big bad. I thought it was like a heroic weapon and he was going to fight terrorists, it was, but it's yeah. not it was meant to be fired upon our own citizens. Um I didn't of course I would not remember or know that Malcolm McDowell was in this movie and I also uh, one of my notes during this film that I was happy to see kind of almost confirmed by reading about the movie afterwards, which I wrote, there's a version of this movie. This is what I wrote. This is a version of this movie where this is all in his head. 
and he just goes on a PTSD falling down style rampage throughout ah. with a helicopter only to read that the original ending of this movie is Frank Murphy, more of a crazy main character with deep psychological issues who goes on a rampage and destroys LA before being taken out by F-16. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was, that was an original script ending, like one of the earlier drafts. And so I was like, because there's so much about this movie where he should not be flying a helicopter. He needs yeah. to see a psychiatrist. He needs to deal with his issues. But in true tough guy fashion from the, you know, yesteryear action movies, that's all stuff that he shouldn't have to be bothered with because there's a conspiracy that he needs to solve. And it, men will do anything except to, to stop going to therapy, including uh, flying, uh, shooting uh, cops in a helicopter all over right, Los right. Angeles. Uh, um, because there's a point where it's like, you need to see a psychiatrist. You need a, a check. Uh, and we're supposed to, I feel like as an audience member, we're supposed to be like, Boo, the chief telling him he needs to get checked out to see if it's safe for him to fly, you know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. he can handle it when he clearly can't like he <laughs> it's weird because we're supposed to want him to fly, but when also we shouldn't we should not want him to fly at all. It's crazy. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I 100 percent saw this movie in the theater again. I have stupid memory for like my new show like i remember almost every movie i saw in the theater even if i don't remember the movie so case in point blue thunder i know i saw it with my dad in the theater i just remembered zero about it except there was a helicopter i too matt in my mind it was like a military movie um with like a badass helicopter and the fact that what we're really watching is a like 70s or i know mean, this is 83 like but a type of movie of the late 70s early 80s which is a cop on the edge, um, lots of cliches, Vietnam, PTSD, Captain always shooting him out, suspending him, young partner who's going to die. Um, it has like all the hallmarks. Yeah. He, of the, a, the, the chief actually says, I have no ass left because the old man just chewed it off. Like that yeah, line, yeah. like he says it. So it's a hard boiled cop movie with this crazy helicopter of the future conspiracy going on. With uh, the coolest action movie cop girlfriend you could ever ask for in a movie <laughs> where at the end of the movie he's like i need you to go to the drive-in dig through a dumpster take the tape to the news station and she's like okay and like that's it no like frank what's this about where are you right, in trouble right. you did she's like all right <laughs> like <laughs> well when i realized that that has had to be the only reason they had that bizarre scene where, where she, she drives her son's life by driving the wrong way on the street He's to get back get to the car and she drives yep. down the wrong side of the road because that she missed the turn for travel town. And then I realized, Oh, at the end of the movie, she's going to be chased by cops and she's going to be like a stunt driver. And I was like, okay, that's, I guess their justification is she's a crazy driver. And I think uh, they're also sure. trying to like alleviate our, us like, well, it's like, well, she's unhinged too. So they, right. they're <laughs> clearly belonging with each other, even though this sort of like, we get the idea basically they're an on again, off again couple because he's like distant and has trauma and stuff like that. Uh, but she's also not well. So it's, it all works out in the end. Yeah. And uh, there's just certain point. There's some really weird, interesting things about this movie. Uh, but then there's also, like you said, the cliches where it's like, of course he meets his long hit, hit the enemy from the past from the Vietnam war happens yes. to be, the one he squares off against the rival pilot Co Cochrane, 
and we also never really truly find out what happened in Vietnam. We know that I we think he threw a guy out of a plant out of a helicopter, but we don't know why he tried to get Murphy court-martialed. No. We don't know any of that. Like none of that is ever flushed out. And then uh and then the other thing where he's like does the finger guns and catch you later and it's like clearly that's going to be the thing at the end of the movie that Murphy says when he kills him. Like it, yes. it it's just set up in that way. There are things that just happen. Um We also don't know why he was a British guy fighting with them in Vietnam. Um although it is funny that a big part of this movie is just uh, Murphy and a couple other characters just mocking his British accent. That's so <laughs> weird. So he's like, he, he like imitates Cochran like to comedic effect as if he's insulting him. Yeah. Like he does the British accent back at him and it's supposed to be a dig somehow. But then the other guy, the one who didn't want to fly with him anymore because of something that happened like two weeks previous where he probably had like a PTSD episode while yeah. flying Montoya. He calls him like tequila breath and like other like <laughs> racist things. Uh, so this is just a Murphyism where right, if right. you're just different, he'll he'll make fun of your culture and your. Um, anyway. Well, let's also talk about the fact that our hero uh, is a peeping Tom creeper. He's a super perv. <laughs> and I wonder what uh, we should get Shelly Goldman on the podcast to talk about what it was like taking a eight, year, eight or nine year old Eric Goldman to see scene with someone who's like full. More like seven or eight. Yeah. <laughs> last nude doing yoga, uh, just full bush, just everything out. Like, again, my parents took me to the entity. <laughs> Ghost rape, Matt. They had no line. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, the he other thing is, like, the, the other thing is, they don't know, like, again, it's, it's no, the, enti- yeah. the poster for entity doesn't say, AKA ghost yeah. rape. And, and like, the thing about Blue Thunder, by the way, is how gratuitous that scene is. It's literally the only nudity in the movie. And it's just them being like, let's just watch this woman who, for some reason, stands in her house doing uh, works out naked. Uh, That's the thing is that like it's a it's a standing date, right? Because they know if you go to Encino at 1030, this woman's doing that. And it's also not the only time that Murphy's a huge pervy. No, uh, because later when someone it's some like motorcycle cop that he recognizes. There's no real context for this. It's like, I know that bike. I know that guy he's calls him a double dork or something like that mm-hmm. uh and then he just broadcasts their like the surveillance technology on blue thunder listens in on him having sex and then just plays it through the loudspeaker yeah <laughs> what the hell <laughs> at least he found a partner who is even more into it than he was <laughs> and he's crazy too he's like grabbing the screen he's like the boobs with oh yeah <laughs> he's like um Jerry Lawler, like he's attitude like, era. He's like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the line at the beginning when he, um, Murphy, sorry, uh, Murphy says about uh, he has an exact statistic for how many people are having sex. It's like a billion, blah blah blah. Are and we're going to see them all in order right now. <laughs> no, but his his statistic is a billion point blah 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 are getting it on, and then he goes. The rest are waiting for Laverted Shirley, which is so specific. It's like, those are the only two choices? Well, There's because the- <laughs> he's looked in everyone's windows and he knows. He's like, it's either sex or, Laverne, or Laverne people Shirley waiting, very, waiting very at their television set for Laverne and Shirley to come on. <laughs> um, also, of course, as a, uh, a L.A. Uh, kid, I did love how much this is early 80s L.A. Again, no idea when I sat down to watch it last night that would be the case because I had no memory of this movie. Um, very specific at the beginning when they go uh, 
Burbank and Vineland liquor store, I go, oh, it's Circus Liquor. And then it is Circus Liquor, which is cinematic, cinema's famous for uh, Clueless because, you know, she's standing Where she there. gets rugged outside. Yeah. Yeah. With the giant uh, circus clown. Uh, but it was Circus Liquor back then. So you get a glimpse of the clown in this movie. Um, yeah, there was uh, great shots of the city in this. Uh, it really, really did feel like a, a character in the movie wow, itself. It did. Yeah, yeah. And then also uh, great helicopter stunts in this movie. They, they did the T2 chase through the L.A. River before yep. uh, T2 did it. Uh, L.A. Uh, River, the, the, I, I was saying to Trish, who wasn't really watching the movie, but she was like in and out of the room as I was watching it. I was like, oh, they're that one because L.A. River, you know, notoriously is like it just looks like nothing. It's just concrete. Um, but there's the one cool looking part and it's where they drag race in Greece and it's where the big race is in T2 and it's in Blue Thunder as well. Uh, the kind of wider area there that they they do that chase through. Be, I, I, there was a funnier movie here from a, uh, a non-payoff standpoint if Murphy somehow didn't say catch you later when he blows Cochran up at the end. Like he just doesn't say it. And then so we get Cochran doing it three times and then there's no payoff at the end. Yeah. Also... <laughs> Uh, if Lyman Lyman Good, um, Daniel Stern character's name, if Lyman Good dies without ever realizing what Jaffo means, he does. <laughs> it's in a, it's in a message because when he gets killed, I'm like, oh, he never learned what it meant. But then we get the posthumous message he left for Murphy afterwards. He's like, oh, and I found out what this means. Um, but uh, it was more amusing to for things that like clearly set up to not pay off, right. uh, but they did because Blue Thunder is Blue Thunder. Now, what about you, Matt? Um, when I was watching the beginning of this movie, like the the night on the job, you know, obviously he's he's um it's so weird because he he says um uh like welcome. What does he say? Welcome to air support, where it's like uh, supposed to be this crazy job where honestly well, all they do is shine a light on people for the cops to shoot. But but also that didn't I, I thought at first. Oh, is this movie just pure propaganda? Like because they make it's just like we are badasses. Look, everything we do Kinda, works the way yeah. we want. It was there. It was eighty-three. Yeah. And, and, but I was saying, it turns out the movie is going to be about something else. But it is funny at the beginning because I'm like, is this just about like how awesome they are as cops and they get an awesome helicopter? <laughs> you know, I didn't know. What, well, what was it was also happen. sort of like. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, isn't it also awesome that we're helicopter cops, which is something that nobody does movies or TV shows about. No, so it's kind of right. like, we got to show you how cool it is to be this specific uh, in this specific arena of of law enforcement. Uh, yeah. with, so he's like, well, we, 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 we can... Things we can get watch crazy people without their permission. For yeah. There's nudity and violence <laughs> and like all this cool stuff. And it's like, um, 
but in the end, it's funny because it's not like they shoot back at the people who are shooting at them. They just, again, they shine the spotlight on people for other people to shoot. <laughs> and uh, well, it's a plot point that they're not allowed to have weapons. And then we learn later. Blue Thunder's not change. They are not. Well, also, that's the other thing is that, uh, again, Murphy should not be up there flying because um, yeah. even on this first night, he has a, a an episode. And when they but but also like when they when they uh, shine their light, because that's their thing on the the shootout by the pool uh, and, uh, and and Brentwood, I guess, like the guy, the guy, one guy gets shot and he's like gets like a big like stylistic, like falling into the pool, like slow mo, cool looking death. So at first it just seems like it's like this is awesome. These guys getting all the bad guys. That's what we're doing here. And I don't know exactly. I think the whole thing was like, obviously they were trying to get her briefcase because there was important documents in there, but also, but also it was an assassination, right? They were trying to take her out because she was onto them and their project. I think she was part of a, a task force on urban violence or something. I don't know, but I don't know. And the message is because she's also remember. She's like, let him go. When she like, seemed fine. So did they kill her in the hospital? I don't know. But um, well, the, the, she gets shot. She gets shot right then when she when she yells, "Let them go!" Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but then, like you know, ironically, she's like, I think it is an accidental shot, but she is shot by one of the guys. But I'm also like, wait a second. Like, are we supposed to be like, oh, this bleeding heart wants to let these bad guys go? I don't. I don't know. It's all kind of muddled. I'm not sure exactly what we're supposed to take away from yeah all of that and what the exact plan was there. It takes a while before we get to the blue thunder of blue thunder. It sort of yeah. comes out of nowhere because. But don't worry, they get they really build up to saying the title of the movie when they say it. Yeah. Um, first, we get uh, basically he's grounded or he's not. You know, he's chewed out by his chief again because he's not. He's flying over homes in Encino, and he was supposed to have a psych evaluation. What is he and... has a line to Daniel's turn about? I've been doing this since you were watching Bugs Bunny and Nan on a fudge sickle. Yep. <laughs> very very uh, uh, specific. Sure. Baby Daniel Stern. Uh, obviously, most of our listeners are going to know him as a wet bandit from Home Alone, uh, mm-hmm. but also the narrator from Wonder Years and then countless other things. He's just been around forever. Yep. Uh, City Slickers, a lot of stuff. Um, he is liming good in this. He's the uh, the rookie who's going to um, fall to the conspiracy and be the one, the sacrificial lamb, if you will, who Murphy gets framed for by the, at the end. It, we'll talk about the end in, in a few minutes, but like uh, it needs, I don't, I would say I really want an extra scene. I wanted one more scene to happen in this movie, but I realized if there was another scene, it would just be Murphy still being arrested because even if he was trying very hard to reveal the truth to a news station, he can't just be sh- doing what he's doing also a lot of people died uh, a lot of missiles hit buildings a lot of apartments yes complexes a, got a lot of people a lot of people had to be killed in those uh downtown office buildings absolutely that got shot. Yeah. absolutely there was no way he either he went on the run or he got arrested so that would have been the extra scene that happened in this movie even though all the other bad guys got arrested apparently he was he was he was going in the clink too okay uh then we so we get him at home He's drinking milk out of the cartridge, uh, uh, the carton cartridge. He's drinking milk out of the carton and he's listening to his answering machine messages. And it's uh, Kate who keeps calling him. And then she does come over and. uh, Oh, you know what, Eric? We didn't do good things to enjoy at all. 
Oh, you know, I felt like we were going short. It's so funny you say that because when you said let's go into Blue Thunder, I thought, huh, it felt like we <laughs> did it quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? All right. Well, delayed, <laughs> delayed another week. Then. Oh, my God. It's ironic. We can't we'll go back talk, now, but yeah. We'll talk about next week if that year very delayed. Good thing to enjoy. <laughs> uh, Not my wow. fault this time. Who's but... got the COVID? Who's got the COVID this time? It's me. <laughs> That's I mean, I do have lo- I do have long COVID, so there's your explanation. You okay, go. back to uh, the reality. Back, uh, oops, here comes gravity. Okay, so Candy Clark as Kate. Candy Clark, very charismatic, very fun presence in this movie as the psychotic girlfriend Kate. Um, <laughs> uh, amazing girlfriend. driver with no context, by the way, for how good she can drive. She just can. It's fine. Yep. Uh, long career, been in a ton of things, uh, even the Twin Peaks, uh, the return, the Twin Peaks revival where she played uh, Sheriff Truman's wife in uh-huh. two episodes. But yeah, just on a lot of stuff. Still basically, uh, again, like a 40-year career we're talking yeah. here. Uh, Oscar 70s. nominee for American Graffiti, which obviously was a... Oh, is that career, right? Is that right? That's a starter mo- for a lot of people. That's yeah. a movie I only saw once, like back oh. in film school, and I thought it was okay. Um, not not like a big graffiti head, as it were. <laughs> I enjoy that film. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of people do, but also, and I did mention we'd mentioned Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, uh, a little bit later, and we will because she played in the movie Buffy's mom, not Buffy's right. mom from the TV show. But yeah, uh, the uh, person who also was amusingly familiar to me in this movie uh, was the Anchorman, uh, Maria uh, Maria Mario uh, Machado, who. I was like, oh, that's the anchor from RoboCop. He's in all three RoboCop movies. Uh, has Casey Wong, one of the uh, you know. So is he just Mel- is he just in movies where the the cop is named Murphy? Yes, that's a yes. B in this movie, he's using his real name because he was a real life uh, anchor man who appeared in multiple projects as himself. It's just funny that he's kind of big to the plot in this one because he's like, get this to Mario yeah. or Al. Like it's like a big thing to get him this uh, this tape, but that's uh, him. And she uh, does; playing. she gets it to him, and and then she's almost like uh, shot right at the end. And then the, the security guard, which felt like something that would have been a perfect Stan Lee cameo if this were an MCU movie, right. knocks the guy out at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so then then the next day happens, and he's still grounded. But here's the thing: uh, Diana McNeely, this councilwoman, dies in the hospital, and this prompts. Uh, Murphy to go back to the crime scene and he finds a piece of paper. She dies in a very funny news report by Mr. Alf Hewitt, uh, who just because he's so specific. Yeah, about like about, what, the cause of death, like exactly injuries, what happened. And also how they said if she had lived, she would have been totally paralyzed. <laughs> I just think it was a funny thing to throw <laughs> I know it's like well, basically to she, was, she was fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's like so maybe she's better off, you know? Back to you. Uh, so then he's already got like conspiracy brain at this yeah. point because they were like calling it a rape and he knew it wasn't a rape attempt. Um, and so he, he found a piece of paper, but it's in Spanish and he doesn't know. There's no Google back then. So he, he has no choice but to go to Montoya eventually. But then uh, immediately he finds out that he is on uh, chosen for a special detail because they're testing this new helicopter over Los Angeles. And he gets to go out to the Mojave Desert bright and early in the morning for this big test in front of a lot of people and generals and stuff like that. And this is when his old nemesis from the past shows up. But first we get to see blue thunder 
Uh, well, also, I want to mention that they they make it very uh, very topical because they talk about the impending Olympics in Los Angeles because the and 1984 they, they Olympics. They mentioned not wanting any uh, Munich massacres either. Yes. And uh, I remember the Olympics in L.A. Uh, when I was a little kid, and that was a, a big deal. So that was uh, funny to hear them that this movie a year before was like, we have to worry about terrorists. <laughs> but he, the thing is that even here, because they're talking about terrorists, and they obviously have this whole town set up, this Pinkville town set up uh, with innocents and terrorists in there. But crowd control from the air is even mentioned here, which feels like it was part of the actual conspiracy plot like that's the to quell disruption but crowd control from the air also sounds bad like oh no he and he he says it didn't work in vietnam Vietnam. yeah exactly so then we get uh and at first eric i have to say i didn't realize that this was a failed test really and it's like look what blue thunder can do and then it just blows everything to shit and it's like oh my god is this a successful test or not i couldn't tell (laughs) like because it felt like it it's well, the totally... guy at the end is like, if you have any, let's go down and check it out. If you have any questions, he seems. Yeah. Well, that, the other thing was, so when they cut back to people and it's like, yeah, all those terrorists dead. And he's like a few white ones too, you know, like the innocent people. And so I was like, okay, so they did notice that <laughs> innocent civilians were being killed. And then the whole thing with the bus where they're like, look at the bus seems innocent, but they're terrorists on board, so they destroy the entire bus. Yeah. blow it up. Well, um, it, it's supposed to be escalation, because remember, at first, the guy is like, hey, one civilian dead for every 10 terrorists, that's an acceptable ratio. But then we do see that the weapons fuck up, like the pilot gets all frustrated, or well, I guess, which is uh, what's it, it turns out uh, to be Mark yeah, McDowell. Um, and that, yeah, that, like, yeah, it, it gets worse as it goes on. Like, the acceptable losses get, you know, grow. <laughs> Uh, more and more has it so happening. And also, we I just want to mention, because I, been, I I referenced it earlier, I just really liked how they made a meal out of uh, the name Blue Thunder when he's like, yeah, someone hung a nickname on it. What? Someone hung a nickname on it. Blue Thunder. Like, they, like, really, they want you to know we are saying the title of that movie, which is funny, because I don't think they ever say it again. But you know, what's, sure- what's also funny is that it had another name. Yeah, it was also called the special, <laughs> but then the people decided that it had a second nickname, Blue Thunder, which cooler. is Blue Thunder. It is, but why even give it the first nickname? <laughs> why couldn't it have one nickname? Why does it have to have a, like it be a second pass on nicknames here? Right, right. Okay, uh, so then yeah, so uh, Murphy is supposed to be the pilot flying this over LA. Why? Why isn't Cochran flying? I don't know. I don't understand the whole yeah, premise of this. I don't Why isn't understand. Cochran doing this? Also, the funny thing is, is that Cochran's like, first of all, he seems like he has veto power and he could just say no, but he's like, no, I'll take care of him. And so they do the thing where they fly over together and he trails him and he sabotages Murphy's helicopter so that it actually fucking crashes. Now, uh, I thought, A, there were two reasons he did that. One was, to discredit him and so that hey you crashed this fucking helicopter there's no way you're flying blue thunder or b he's <laughs> kill it what it was like yeah, maybe he'll just also kill die he will yeah. also die in the in the crash that would be also acceptable but the funny thing is he totally crashes no sabotage is ever proven and he still was like well still where's, blue thunder? Yeah. <laughs> where's blue thunder <laughs> like next uh I, I was certain that he was out but then they were just like all right see you tomorrow <laughs> 
from Pluto. <laughs> you know, good old it was, Murphy. It was just more of a humiliation type thing, I guess. Like, uh, like I'll, I'll get him. And the funny thing too is that uh, I couldn't tell at first when the people rushing into the construction site were going to rescue them and see if they were okay or if they were pissed. Turns out they were pissed. They, they were both, I think. It was <laughs> a little like, of both. Like they were trying to, they were pulling them out, you know, make sure. Yeah, so they can kick their ass. (laughs) Once they, once they knew they were okay, they're gonna kick their ass. He's like, he's like, I hope you're not dead because I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) All right, so then, then we get that uh, the the Kate's a batship driver scene where like misses one exit, so she decides to fucking play Fast and Furious franchise down the freeway with her kid. I was also. uh, uh, very excited by her 1980 Disneyland parking sticker that is very prominent uh, that you see in her car. I wish Blue Thunder had fucking blew, flown over <laughs> Disneyland and like lit it up. <laughs> no, for a second, I because it turns out they're going to Travel Town. I'm like, are they going to Disneyland? But they were not. <laughs> um, and then so, yeah, he starts getting this note translated by Montoya and there's uh, st- strangers in the barrio making trouble. There's some mention of Thor which turns out to be a project which, the, the, which the uh, name means nothing to to people in 1983 <laughs> doesn't uh except unless you read comics but yeah I, well it is funny by the way because they never even say oh the norse god even though clearly like that would be why it's in the script like one of the writers put it in there because of the norse god uh but it's, they just they find out what it the acronym but they never say that that's the name of a norse god uh uh, Murphy falls asleep reading a book to Kate's kid, uh, but she can't find him for a while in the apartment. She's looking for him. And then she's just like, is this something kinky? Uh, but then she finds him. And while he's asleep, he's dreaming uh, bad Vietnam dreams. Yep. And then 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 the next day happens and he still gets to fly Blue Thunder. I was very shocked. Which made and me think of, uh, did you watch Wonder Shows? And you must have watched Wonder Shows. Some of it a long time ago. Uh, yeah. It, was... I, it made me, I always think of a quote. You're never too young for a Vietnam flashback. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, we get to go over the system. Him and Lyman Good get to go over like a hey, the helmet controls the turrets. Uh, then there were these like recording tapes. These three all the all the new tapes. ways they can perv on people. Yeah, and I don't understand the erasing system or whatever it meant. All I know is that I, I didn't need to. I guess by the end they just needed get me the tape or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then. Uh, yeah, like it's bulletproof. It's got armor. It can and it's got all that surveillance. It can zoom in. It can listen to people. Really cool, man. Yeah, and uh, it costs a whopping five million dollars. It costs two point five percent of like Quantumania. Um, That's so- still uh, the, uh, we joke about Mission Impossible two and how it seemed too low even for the time. This seems too low for the time. It does like five million. Is- yeah. Absolutely. This is years after there was a TV show called The Six Million Dollar Man. Uh, so <laughs> tell me like that human right. being cost one million dollars more than this helicopter. Yeah, that mid seventies. <laughs> yeah, it seems like this should have cost more than that. Um, because yeah, it wouldn't seem like a huge loss when he makes a train smash into it at the end. I'm like, all right, five million. Yeah. Um, Steve Rogers has that on him. <laughs> so then, um. Then there's a whole thing where like Cochran's like, you threatening me? You talking to me? And he's not threatening him. And But then he says, stop threatening Cochran. Then they go to, um, oh, we missed the part earlier when he talked to Cochran and they're like, 
Uh, you looped a helicopter, which is another the trick play that comes in at the end. Of course, yeah. he's actually someone who has done a full like roller coaster revolution of, with a helicopter. At the end, he does it with the help of turbine boost. So, eighties loved uh, helicopters. Yeah. Uh, what are the other things eighties loved that you mentioned last time? I can't remember. Ninjas. Okay. Ninjas. Yeah. But also, Eric, they love themselves some turbo. Yeah, they love yeah. turbo boosting, <laughs> whether it's Knight Rider or pole position or whatever. Just that little weird like juice that you get. Well, to it, the was, car. it was it was it was Nas before Nas. Yeah, it was pro- proto Nas. <laughs> yeah. Then um, so then yeah, he and Lyman could go out uh and and fly around in Blue Thunder, and this is when they were like, you know what? First thing we do, double dork, Irvin, <laughs> Irvin on double dork, and but then this is the weird part where. They're looking up things, and then they actually just look up Project Thor. And this is when the conspiracy parts start because they don't return to base. Instead, they follow Cochran out of the building, and they follow him to the Legion of Doom, I guess, the headquarters where they just openly well, talk. It's, it's the like, federal building. I actually think that's the federal building on Wilshire Boulevard. It is. It's the one in West L.A., yeah. Yeah, that's where I um, got a, uh emergency... Uh, uh, passport when i was trying to get to the hunger games uh final junket when it I was a place that whenever i walked past when i was whether protest? I lived, yes protest yes. constantly in front of the federal building a lot of yeah. lot of picket lines so uh but yeah then they uh they use their their uh infrared and their their microphones to capture for a meeting of the bad guys just being like here's our evil plan yeah here's should we kill murphy <laughs> let's kill murphy all in on killing murphy if i order a little bit of kill murphy for the table will you have some i what? definitely endorse killing murphy yes i definitely do uh but like can we kill murphy twice is what i'm asking <laughs> But then he's like, but this meeting never happened. Okay. He's like, but everyone shut up. Uh, and then he opens the curtain and is like, oh, it's Blue Thunder. It, was, it made me laugh a lot when he looks out the window and sees the helicopter. Like, hello. Whoops. Yeah, I wanted I, Murphy to shrug. I like, wish oh. he was drinking something into the spit take on the window. It would have been great. Murphy! Um, <laughs> no. So then um, he returns it to the uh the blue thunder headquarters or the you know the they the LAPD helicopter HQ and they uh they they kind of just live their lives except that um Lyman Good knows enough to take the tape. Right. He doesn't he's smart enough not to bring it home with him because he winds up getting killed. He winds up getting jacked up that car shot where they run over him with the car. Jesus yeah. I was like oh I was expecting a full like over the hood stunt that you usually see when someone runs over someone with a car or, or hits them yeah. with a car in a movie. This was like a horror movie. Like I thought we'd see his head crushed underneath the tire. Well, also because like he's um his hands are bound and he's gagged. So it's a pretty yeah, it's a pretty ugly death. Uh we should mention that the actor Anthony James who runs him over, very familiar presence from 70s and 80s, you know, that lean, angular face. Mm-hmm. I remember him from Naked Gun Two and a Half, but he was <laughs> always course. like Lots of bad guys, lots of heavies. <laughs> is he the one who fights him with the pillow, or is that someone else? I can't remember if he's the pillow fighter. Or not. I can't remember if the pillow fights in the first or the second movie. Um, but anyway, the pillow fighter, <laughs> Hector Savage, was his character. Oh, okay. I was gonna say that's a badass acting name. What's his actor's name? Anthony James. That's not as good. Okay. <clears throat> okay, and then, uh, but then this is when it all starts going haywire because 
they all know that Murphy knows. They all know. And so they start, they kill Lyman Good. They frame Murphy for his murder. And so he goes on the run. And this is when he calls uh, Kate to his aid. But he also steals Blue Thunder. So he goes back, steals it when he realizes that uh, the walls are closing in on him. And this is, I mean, it's a cool idea for an end, right? Like girlfriend's driving, you're giving air support and blue thunder as you nicely shoot cop helicopters, like yeah. in a nice way, like it's, it's, like it's, in a GI Joe cartoon way where you well, can it's like either... It's like Terminator 2, the like right. leave them I, alive. <laughs> yeah, I promise I won't kill anyone shooting the guns or shooting the end. And uh, same thing with the F-16s at the end because they could uh, uh, escape hatch out of there. Yep. Even though they're missling buildings. <laughs> Even though downtown LA is definitely losing. At no hundreds. point is he like, maybe I should fly out of the city. Maybe right. I should lead these guys outside. This of- is the man-, man of steel argument all over again. <laughs> yeah, get out of civilization. <laughs> right. Um, in a movie that is very specific about LA and started out with the, um, you know, Vineland and Burbank Boulevard uh, liquor store that was a real thing. I was surprised that they say uh, go to the drive-in at Riverside and Victory, which isn't a real intersection. Those streets are, but they don't intersect. So I did look up what drive-in they're on. I don't know why they didn't just say the real street. It was um, in Burbank. The Pickwick Drive-In Theater closed in 1989. It was on Alameda. Uh, and uh, that theater is in a bunch of movies, Matt. It was in Greece, aforementioned Greece. It's where he's, you know, uh, sings. But um, it was in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It's the drive-in theater from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, good stuff, Pee-wee. Action-packed. Mm-hmm. Also, um, it's kind of like the way people used to complain about um, uh, San Dimas, where the 10 and 210 meet. Uh, the 10 and 210 don't meet. But yeah, so. Okay. Uh, Blue Thunder was doing so well with the geography until they. I know, it. and then it just blew it all <laughs> to hell. Again, good. Again, great helicopter stunts going on at this point. No, this is good stuff. Like flying yeah. all over at Los Angeles, uh, ins and outs, the, the um, LA River stuff. All really good, and I like the idea. There's that cool moment where she does get pulled over, and he just pulls up on them like he raises up off the side of the freeway, and like you know, I don't know, it's really cool. I, I, and it's just crazy that this is John Badham, same year as War Games. Yeah, so uh, same director. If Another have, like have... messagey movie, but clearly this guy is going to jail. That's all. Like yeah. he, I don't care if you don't kill a cop. You can't open fire on police officers and destroy their property and destroy property in general just because it's like, but they were making a weapon. Um, Here's the weird thing I'll mention right now. I was going to mention this later, but just as we're talking about Batam, because I had forgotten that Batam directed both this and more games. And I'd also forgotten some of other Batam's other movies because I was going to mention that this movie, again, that you and I, neither of us remember what it was actually about, is another wave of 80s stuff, which is there was a couple things going on in the 80s. There was rah-rah militarism like top gun yep but then there's stuff like this movie war games and the other movie i was gonna mention even though it's a more comical version of it is short circuit which are we better be careful of this new technology it could be used in nefarious ways now short circuit of course is about a robot fighting against that john badham directed all three of those fucking movies and i didn't even think about it look he had a message and he wanted to get it out he was definitely scared of like you know they're gonna this shit we're gonna they're gonna kill us all with this i'm wondering because jimmy c james cameron is of the same 
technophobic ilk as much as he loves technology when it comes to movie making. Oh, right, right. Yeah. That like, I, I, you, you wonder if something like the uh, LA river chase inspires T2. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. You don't know. I mean, uh, but yeah, that's why I picked this movie because there was no other animated movie to pick and there was no other (laughs) sci-fi movie to pick. This was, we had done a John Badham movie first. I figured we'd do one last Uh, big year for the bad man. And, uh, but yeah, um, so this whole thing at the end, because eventually, yeah, they call him the F-16s, then he's supposed to be outmatched, but he's still not outmatched. He has to like basically make the missiles blow up other things. We hope everyone got out of that little Tokyo chicken factory. Uh, You know, they completely exploded. (laughs) Chickens went everywhere. Yeah, yeah. What was the place, name of that barbecue place? Amos? Uh, yeah, I said that's right. Amos, I, Amos barbecue. I yeah. typed goodbye Amos's barbecue. Goodbye Amos's barbecue. And then I typed. That's, that's in, my favorite line from <laughs> Candle in the Wind. And then I typed. The very next thing I typed is, I guess a bunch of people just died when that missile hit that building. Because... Yeah. Well, the the thing is, so they they play the lip service of they show a few people running out, but clearly there's a full staff going at Amos barbecue. It's famous Amos barbecue. Um, now the weird thing is, of course, inevitably. We're going to get McDowell in getting into a helicopter, too, for a face-off. The only strange thing is, it feels like Murphy has such an advantage by being in Blue Thunder. Because McDowell gets into a helicopter, a military helicopter with guns, but shouldn't it have been, like, Black Thunder, Matt? Shouldn't have there been, it like, should have been, newer... It should have been the car to kit, right? Exactly. It should but, have been, this like... this one's even newer. This one's yeah. even more dangerous. This is the one that they, like, haven't even tested yet. Like, yeah. this is the one, like, yeah. This I is... was so surprised that it's just, like, oh. he gets a generic helicopter. This one's Red <laughs> Lightning. Yeah. Right, this one's... Right. Oh, that would have been so much cooler. Uh, and then that would make sense why he needs to pull out the trick pill. Exactly. Trick to get behind him. Yeah. yeah. He's like, it seems like everything Thunder does, Lightning has a counter for. <laughs> Not this. So the funny thing, so, okay, the collateral damage in this movie at first with the F-16s is Murphy dodging these or leading these missiles astray and the missiles hitting like buildings. But when Cochran comes in and starts shooting him, Murphy sets up a trap for him. And he's like, I'm hiding right here behind this building. And when Murphy comes by, I'm going to shoot the shit out of him. And he does and he misses and he just shoots a building. And like, that's purposely like Murphy murdering everyone in that apartment floor. (laughs) Right. But anyway, yeah, Superman, uh, Batman versus Superman all over again. Oh uh, no, just Man of Steel all over. Man again, of Steel, Man of Steel. Um, Batman versus Superman tried to deal with that as a plot point. Don't forget. <laughs> that's true. Well, what we don't see in this movie is Bruce Wayne down on the ground, uh, looking up at, <laughs> yes. at the gods in the sky. At the, of, the Wade, the Wade building that he just shot up. <laughs> that's what that big, yeah, business building was. That. Um, but yeah, and then after basically she gets the tape to the news station, they actually start watching it and they listen to uh, the, the evil shit that's happening. Uh, and then they were even like, hey, uh, maybe lay off that. There's a sniper loose in L.A. stuff. This Murphy guy is on to something. But yeah, uh, yeah, he kills Cochran. He says, catch you later. And then uh, he's like, I'm taking away your weapon. No one can use this ever again unless they spent five million dollars. Um, right. And then he puts it on the track. Good thing the government like, doesn't have another five million. He's like, oh, that was our last five million dollars. <laughs> and he blows up the train and then he walks and you hear the news reports talking about the arrests that are happening. But again, any extra scene after this would have been him in fucking handcuffs because he 
Went. Unless he escapes into the underground and becomes mental. A That's the thing. Team. He can't. He's a one man A team. Um, well, she, you know, Kate can join him too. She's she's the getaway driver. Like That's she's true. really That's good true. behind the wheel. Yeah, she's the yeah. wheel man. All he right, comes a new team. Uh, yeah, this is a fun movie that's also kind of all over the place because it's, uh, like I said, it's kind of a weird, like, yeah, cop conspiracy theory movie with this super helicopter and a main character who has, you know, it's written that he has some PTSD and mental issues, but he's also just casually a perv. That's not supposed to be a bad thing, apparently. Um, but there is some exciting stuff. John Badham knows how to direct the movie and it looks good. And, you know, the, yeah, the action is cool. So, it's it's a weird weird movie, but I did enjoy it. Uh, Roy Scheider, interesting career. Mm-hmm. Obviously, huge Jaws was huge. Return for the sequel, um, Marathon Man. I think he's not. I'm trying to remember that movie. He like gets killed in the beginning, right? Like he's not a big. Never happens. The main pair. I, I did see it. <laughs> um, he's not the Marathon Man. Just so you know, um, uh, that's Dustin Hoffman. I think. Yeah, because he's, yeah, he's, he's a runner. He's a runner. He's a runner. No, he is the lead in the movie, but he's also the marathon man. Um, but uh, yeah, but then this movie, when I saw it, I had no idea who Roy Scheider was. And then I'm trying to think. Fifty Two Pickup, I want to recommend. Underrated Elmore Leonard book turned into a movie with Roy Scheider in the middle of the eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Oh, Rainmaker. He's barely in that movie, but that's a weird movie. A Coppola movie that I really like from the 90s with Matt Damon is based on a, a Grisham book. Another movie my dad took me to is 2010, which I remember I've enjoying. I've never seen 2010. Ah, Peter Hyams, man. Peter <laughs> fucking Hyams. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, look, he's no Kubrick, but I remember I did enjoy 2010, even though it's a very strange, obviously, to even have that movie exist as a sequel to 2001, but there it is. Well, how... um. How is that movie received like now? How is it looked back on? Obviously, I feel like it's got a it's, little I, bit of it's a different, it's a totally different movie than yeah. So I think it's gotten a little bit of like, hey, that movie, you know, like some people it, it's been claimed a little bit as better than people thought because no one was ever gonna give it a shot as a sequel to 2001, directed by Peter Hyams. Uh, but now people do enjoy it a little bit more on its own terms. I don't think I saw any of the, by the way, he's in the movie we've mentioned a few times on this podcast recently as a joke, uh, Naked Lunch. But I didn't see any of the like post 2010. I saw 52 Pickup, but I didn't see like Night Game or the Russia House or he was still making these movies, but like, uh, or the fourth wall that he did with uh, Jurgen Prochnow. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't think I saw him in anything until the late 90s with The Myth of Fingerprints. I think it just I went on yeah. this huge um, Roy, Shard, Roy, Roy Scheider drought. Uh, just, <laughs> I just uh, refused to watch Roy Scheider. Oh, she mentioned the French connection that he was in. That was, a, you know, mm-hmm. before Jaws. I wanted uh, to mention a little more about John Batham, though, just because yeah, he is just interesting. Like, obviously, his biggest movie, Saturday Night Fever. Um, one of those, uh, we talked about this, I think, with War Games. Like, he was a journeyman director as far as, like, not a distinct visual style, but just a very good like, you know, shooter, very, you know, you knew well-made movies. Uh, he had other hits, Short Circuit mentioned, uh, Stakeout and its sequel, a movie I really like, The Hard Way, with uh, Michael J. Fox and, and problematic Woods. actor James Woods. Yeah, but um, good but problematic actor James Woods. The interesting thing about Batman is he had about 20 years of directing big studio movies. 
And they then he just stopped. directed CW shows. Uh, well, forever. not not just CW. I, mean, I know a lot of stuff. USA. The Shield, Arrow, Nikita, Heroes, Supernatural. Uh, yeah, all this stuff. And then you know his last credit is 2018. Look, the guy's 83. I hope he's enjoying uh, a, a nice uh, retirement. Uh, but he directed a lot of TV, including a lot of TV that you know people listening to this probably watched. Um, uh, Terry Metalis's Twelve Monkeys. Well, it's um, interesting if you know when he stopped. Look when he stopped directing TV and when he started. And in between was all of his big movies. So oh, yeah, it's like he, he stopped 74. He stopped directing TV. And then he picked it up again with The Shield in 2003. So. Right. Because, I mean, like, look, a lot of people start in TV. And, I mean, he was directing TV episodes the same time as Spielberg, including Night Gallery, which is a show Spielberg directed on. Uh, it's just like Spielberg didn't go back to TV after 20 years. Um, obviously, Spielberg's at a different level. But John Badham, good director. It's just interesting that he ended up going back and uh, doing so much TV. Um, you know, yeah. I remember seeing his name on a lot of these shows now. I'm like, oh, yeah, Nikita, Supernatural. I'll be like, yo, John Badham directed that. But John Badham directed the, I consider to be the lesser of the two skydiving movies that came out around the same time, which is he did Drop Zone. Yep. And the one that I liked was Terminal Velocity. But yeah. Um, and then the it, last movie of his I would have seen, I mean, chronologically, I've never seen 1997's Incognito with Jason Patrick, but I have seen Nick of Time with uh, Johnny Depp. I never saw that. Wasn't that supposed to be a real-time movie? Yes, it was the first time I'd ever seen something touted as real-time. Obviously, 24 would be this very mainstream, uh, but yeah, this was the first time I remember being, you know, that was a big selling point, was this movie would be, for the moment, you know, this, this normal guy gets caught up in this crazy situation we will watch the movie in real time and then i remember the movie wasn't very good but there you go uh no i just remember it had johnny depp in it and mm-hmm. uh probably johnny depp in one of people. his very un very unusual he didn't play- have a funny hat he didn't have a funny yeah. accent he didn't like have an eye patch he didn't have uh uh tentacles yeah. uh yeah. he wasn't yeah <laughs> he didn't just have play a, in a dude <laughs> a prosthetic nose Maybe uh, if it had done those other things, it would have been a hit. But didn't have knife hands. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, they just felt the gimmick was enough. Uh, and he's like, I don't need the, the gimmick is the star, not not my craziness. Um, <laughs> but yeah, John Batham. Um, still alive. Still alive. Uh, uh, enjoy, yeah. enjoy yourself, John Batham. Uh, but I am glad we bookended with the 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 Batham uh, <laughs> the, the the government's gonna kill us uh, movies. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Oh, he did. He directed. Uh, no, he didn't. What did he do for Starman? Oh, he was going to do Starman, but then Carpenter did it. I was like, oh, you know, what, Starman one other person, even though we're trying to wrap this up, I'll just mention the other person of note to me on this movie that it was co-written by uh, Dan O'Bannon. Uh, and then I'm reading about it. He did the. Oh, Alien. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alien, of course. And then he was wrote and directed a movie I recommended somewhat recently on this podcast, which is Return of the Living Dead, one of my very favorite movies. I mean, Alien 2. Uh, so Daniel Bannon doesn't have like a shitload of credits and died uh, sadly young, um, but uh, not young, but you know, um, but you know, uh, doesn't have as many credits as you'd think for a guy who had like you know, huge part of like some major major movies. Um, but so I was interested to read that he did the early drafts of this. I wonder how different his early drafts are from the movie. You were now that you're telling me about this different ending. Maybe his uh, maybe his ending was um, the one where yeah. he goes nuts and. And he's, it's all in his head, you know, mm-hmm. and he's uh, imagining things and turning violent. All right. Uh, yeah. Sorry for skipping the good things. There'll be good things next week. You know, it'll be there all be. good. They'll still be around um, until next time. Everything is possible, but nothing is real. 
except demons when they possess you, and Shakma. Shakma. Shakma.